Welcome to the OA Light a Candle Meeting Podcast. Visit our website at oalaig.org where you will find several speaker feeds with over 800 speaker files, forms for ordering CDs for these speakers, and a place to donate to keep this special service active. The opinions expressed on the Light a Candle Podcast are those of individual OA members and do not represent OA as a whole. I would now like to introduce our speaker for tonight, Lucy. Hello. Can you hear me? Yeah. Okay, good. Um, I'm Lucy, a compulsive eater and bulimic. And I'm nervous, so I'm just going to put that one out there. Uh, I'm really grateful um, to be asked to speak here. Um, I've been coming to OA, uh, this year is um, my 30th year. I've actually completed 30 years, so I guess this will be my 31st year. Um, Thanks. (laughs) I've never done anything quite as long as I've come here. So, um, you know, I guess I'll stick to the format, which is uh, what it was like, what happened, and what it's like now. when I got here, I was in uh, I was in my late twenties, and um, I grew up in a in a very um, I grew up in a family where uh, we were we were expected to perform. You know that that there was a lot of pressure to be a good student, to be a good kid, to um, you know look good. There was a lot of pressure, um, and the way that I grew up, um, you know, we didn't have, uh, even though I grew up in a Jewish household, it was, I, I always call it a, a secular Jewish household because we didn't, you know, no one talked about God. That was kind of anti what what we believed in, you know. It, it just, it was always um, thought of as, like, that's what not as smart people do, you know, believing in a higher power. And... Even from being a small child, I never really bought into that. I think I always thought I had a higher power, honestly. But, you know, as I got older, um, I was always uh, described as a highly sensitive kid. Do you know, I I cried easily. Um, I, uh, I was a good student, but I was, you know... I had my, you know, my sensitivities, like, I was terrible at sports, so that was really embarrassing to me. I, um, I really desperately wanted to fit in all the time, and um, when I was, I don't know, I think after, when I was about in sixth grade, my folks um, decided to send me to a private school because they thought that that was um, the best school for me to go to. And um, I left where uh, the place where I felt most comfortable with kids very similar to me. And I ended up in a school where um, there were, you know, for one thing, there were very few Jewish kids. There was very few um, people who were who I felt were similar to me. Most people didn't even live near me. Um, and so, and and uh, and not to be totally stereotypical, but they were really tall and blonde and athletic. <laughs> Everything I wasn't, you know, so, and, and it was really, you know, I've never felt so different and like I didn't fit in as when I got there. And 
at the same time, I started going through um, adolescence, and it started developing, and um, it wasn't like a graceful period in my life, I'll tell you that. It wasn't cute. And, um, you know, I... Uh, I just became very, um, the other thing that happened was is that, you know, as I was developing, I didn't, I, I wasn't particularly overweight, but I was always a little bit chubby, and my mom was very upset by this, and so well, I remember being 12 years old, and she put me on my first diet, and I always share this because, you know, it was, for me, and it might not be like this for all kids, but for me, it was very damaging. Um, I remember they gave me a diet, and since I was such a good kid, I followed it exactly to the letter. I did everything perfectly, and I believe, and I, and I always remember this. I think it was within, let's say, three weeks to a month, I had lost 11 pounds, and I was super skinny, you know, and my mom was so excited that she bought me a whole new wardrobe, you know, just all these new clothes, and and. At the same time, I I went to a a bar mitzvah, and I was the only girl not asked to uh, dance. And you know, and it was like I couldn't, I didn't get it. I was like, well, wait a minute, like I look great. And um, that kind of, you know, that kind of started me out on this path where it was constantly, um, you know, I would feel uncomfortable in my body. I would go on a diet. I would lose the ten pounds or whatever it was. I would, you know, be skinny, and then nothing changed. And so I would go back to eating the way I ate before, and I would gain the weight back, and I would be all bummed out. And I had friends who I could do this with. I actually, one of my best friends was one of my, my eating buddies. You know, we would come home after school and just eat a lot of crap, which wasn't really that unusual for little kids, but it was, it was definitely used for me to, to kind of coat these feelings of not fitting in anywhere. And, um, and as time went on, you know, I became much more rebellious. Um, I was like a, I was a kid who always like could look okay on the outside, but I definitely experimented with a lot of stuff. I was, I was, you know, really trying to figure out how to get rid of these terrible feelings. I was talking with a fellow, um, I think it was yesterday or the day before, and we were talking about that terrible feeling that happens when, like, for me, it's, um, I, I label it anxiety, and it, something goes wrong. And it's not, I didn't get the thing like, oh, no, I'm going to have to fix it. I got, oh, no, I'm, there's something terribly wrong with me, you know, and that's where I went with that feeling. And it was, and it's, and I can describe it to you, it's like pit of the stomach, and, you know, to be uh, totally honest, it was want to die, you know, in that moment. That's how I felt. And that, I remember that from when I was very young. So as I, um, you know, I went, I graduated from, I actually didn't graduate from that private school because we had a standoff, me and my parents. And uh, when I was 15, I think I told them that I found out that I could drop out of school at 16 if they made me stay there. So I... I got out of the private school. I went back to public school and instantly kind of like uh, didn't get great grades, but because of my past, I was able to get into a good, you know, university, went off to university. And I enjoyed, like things got better, but they never got that much better. And I would still have the same anxiety and I would still do the same thing with food and my weight would still fluctuate. 
and it became it became kind of um, normal for people not to know what I was going to look like. You know, because I'm short, 10 pounds makes a huge difference. You know, I would I would literally go like several sizes up and down, up and down, up and down, and um, and that was my life. I mean, that was normal. That's what I I thought it was normal. I thought that's how you just did things. I didn't know any better, and um, and I was on that diet roller coaster. By the time that I got here, I had. Um, I had finished college. I had gone to graduate school. I came out of graduate school. I went into an industry that I'm no longer in that really didn't suit me at all, but I honestly had not been trained or had no knowledge of anything else, so I just kept doing it. And I was miserable, and I couldn't figure out how to get out of it, how to do something different. I knew I wanted to do something different, but... You know, it was all beyond me, and I was falling apart. And I, um, I think the last job, the last full-time job I had like that was, you know, I definitely quit, but I, I definitely would have been fired. I mean, for sure, I quit before I was fired. And I got here, and I remember, you know, all I wanted was to stop feeling so bad. It wasn't even, it wasn't even. I didn't really understand that. The way that I was about my body and about food was a way of coping with the because I didn't have any coping tools. So that was how I did things. By the time I got here, all I knew was that I couldn't keep doing it the way I was doing it. But I didn't know if there was another way, but I thought that maybe I was still under the – I really came here because I thought that maybe you guys could help me lose the weight once and for all, and then I wouldn't have to deal with this anymore. That's really what I thought. That was my best thinking at – 27, I think. And um, so I came here, and um, I uh, I remember going to my first meeting, and for those of you, I, I actually just heard this, they're, they're tearing down the log cabin on Robertson, but that was my first, that was my first meeting place, and I went there, and, um, you know, if anyone here remembers her, there was a woman at the time, and her name, she's lovely, she's passed on since then, and her name was Doris. And she was old, and she came over to me, and she scared the crap out of me. And she said, and I was crying because I didn't know what I was doing there. I couldn't, I couldn't understand what you all were talking about. I didn't know what was going on. And she said to me, she handed me, she had this, like, kind of all gnarled hand, and she handed this card to me with her number on it. She said, keep coming back. And I ran away because <laughs> she scared the crap out of me. Um... Okay, so, um, and, um, you know, it's really interesting because I think back, and Dolores has been, I mean, it's Dolores, Doris has been gone many years, but I still think about her sometimes, you know. Um, so I started going to meetings, and honestly, for the first, I'd say the first year, all I could do was just show up at the meetings. I did get a sponsor. I didn't really work the steps. Didn't really know what was going on. Just still really wanted to lose some weight. Um, and what started to happen for me was I actually started to listen when people were reading. And they would read, you know, and I would start going to literature meetings. And they would read the 12 steps. And they would read, um, you know, the big book. And all of a sudden, 
I kind of, I don't know what happened, but my ears opened. You know, I could hear it. And the one thing that I kept hearing, you know, was higher power, which for me was easier to hear. Now, I don't mind saying the word God. I'm good with it. It's fine. But back then, that was a little too much for me. I didn't really want to hear about God, but higher power sounded okay. I could handle that because I could kind of picture that that was something bigger than me, maybe the universe, maybe nature. I don't know, but that that I could do. And so I started to, um, I you know, one thing that I remember doing very early in recovery, and I don't know if, uh, I don't know if anyone can relate to this, but I, I have trouble, like, memorizing things. So I would, like, take one of the prayers. Like, for instance, I remember it was the third step prayer because for some reason it was hard for me to, to remember it. So I wrote it down on a piece of paper, and I would go on these long walks, and I would literally just say it over and over and over again. I would just keep saying it. And after a while, what happened was, I, and I don't think I really heard it for a long time. I just wanted to know it because, you know, I'm a student. Like, I want to be good. I want to, I want to be the good student. So I wanted to learn this stuff. But the thing was, was that what I learned in that process was I had never really paid attention to what I was learning, like in a real way. And it started to shift the way that I perceived what was going on around me. And, you know, the third step prayer for me, I still say it all the time to build with me and do with me. That to me is like, I always think of that because in left to my own devices, my way of doing things is to get really mad at myself and to blame myself and to say really, really terrible things to myself. Just mean. Things I would never say to any of you. And if I didn't release that, I couldn't get any kind of recovery because it was like it was like a big obstacle that was in my way and nothing could get through because I was so upset and angry and anxious and, you know, defensive and wanted you all to, you know, like know that, you know, you couldn't come at me that way. No one was coming at me, by the way. No one. <laughs> this was all me. This was my thing. And, um, and I just kept going. And I started to make some really good friends. And I, um, I realized, I was thinking about this today, I think, I think I'm kind of a slow learner in many ways. Like, yeah, I'm good, I'm quick at, like, school. But, like, learning, like, life, not so quick. You know, it takes a long time for me to really grasp where I'm going, what I'm doing, how does this work, how does my life work, how am I going to get to the next thing. And I also learned here, first time in my life, because if it's something wasn't easy for me, I didn't want to do it. You know, like, because, you know, school was usually pretty easy, so I could do that. But when things got tough, like, you know, when I started working, I didn't want to do that anymore because I had to deal with people. I had to learn how to listen to people. I had to also not be the know-it-all. And I didn't like it. I, that wasn't what I was there for. Like, I wanted to be the boss instead of the worker, you know. And it took me many years to realize that that's not going to work. Like, that doesn't work. And I heard here, <laughs> 
to be one of many, to be part of. And in my mind, I always had to be the very best or the very worst. I never, I never really got the fact that I could just be one of. And after a while, it just got exhausting doing this all the time. I just got really tired. And I was willing to do it differently because someone told me, you know what, if it doesn't work, you can always go back to your way. And I thought that sounded really reasonable. So I decided to give it a try. And I got a sponsor, and I started working the steps. Um, and as I started to work the steps, looking at them right now, <laughs> when I got to the third step, I fought it so hard. Because the idea of turning my will and my life over to something that I couldn't really see, even though it, like, part of me kind of got it, it was so, like, that felt like I was not, um, I was going against everything I had learned in my family of origin growing up. Because, you know, everyone in my family believes that they're the smartest that they're the most, you know, successful, that, you know, everything that they say is right. And um, I had to really come to a place where, no, that's actually not true. And, um, and, and what happened after a while, I mean, I will tell you, my relationship with my family of origin is actually really good today. But it had to come from a place of acceptance on my part because literally no one has changed. They're all the same. Everyone's the same. My, um, right now, my father is uh, 84. And, he, and, you know, given what I've told you, he's starting to lose his memory. And it is gut-wrenching to watch because I'm watching someone who is always the smartest person in the room can't remember if he ordered a drink, you know? And, um, <laughs> and my mom's really pissed <laughs> that he's losing his memory. She's really angry. And I, I get it, you know? And, and I get to just be a witness, and I get to be part of this, you know, and um, be of service if I can. You know, I um, am offering what I can. And I'm not taking, you know, I also can't change a damn thing. And this is what, this is what is right now. And, uh, you know, it's really interesting as I, um, as I get older and I, um, I feel that for a long time, um, I did not, I was not a real mature person. You know, like I didn't really understand that, um, I didn't really understand that, like, uh, not everyone, you know, is going to do what I think is the right thing, you know, and even my parents. So um, my <laughs> my father these days, you know, he is he is someone who he it's almost like he's become the child, and I've become the adult now, and it's kind of it it's kind of the way it is, and there's not a lot we can do to change that. And I don't, um, I don't think that, um, I don't think that my getting angry with him or upset is going to change anything. So I 
have to really rely. I come to these meetings. I share about what's going on. I just frankly don't want to end up with my face in the refrigerator because of this, because that's not going to change a damn thing. You know, this is what's happening right now. This is life. And my life has gotten, because I have been coming here so long, I have to say my life is, like, really good. It really, everything changed since I since I started coming here. I mean, I'm not in that career any longer. I completely left it. I, <laughs> and, of course, I went back to school because that's what I do. Um, you know, so I got another degree, and I started a different career, and I'm more successful than I've ever been. And I don't say that from an ego point of view. It's just a fact. And I really believe that's because it's like I just show up. I'm not doing, like, superstar things, you know, to to make my business thrive. I just keep showing up. I just keep being there. You know, my, my job is very service-oriented, so I have to be there for people. I have to listen to them. And I love it. My biggest fear when I started um, my work was that I wouldn't like some of the people because that's my history. Like, that is it, you know? I thought, oh, God, you know, I'm going to, like, get bored. I'll fall asleep. Something bad will happen. And um, and honestly, and I can tell you this because I have, I have worked with some of the most problematic people I know with every, who literally have, we have nothing in common, zero. You know, we have ideological differences. We have political differences. We have gender differences. We have, you know, everything is different. And I can find something that makes me love that person and want to work with them. And that is shocking to me. <laughs> That's shocking. That was not me 30 years ago. That wasn't. I thought I knew better. I thought that I was going to school you. I was going to tell you what's what. Nope. And I learned something from those people. Like, I, you know, I love... <laughs> Weirdly enough, you know, I have wonderful people in my life who um, don't understand how I can sometimes even work with some of the people I work with. And I'm like, because it is a gift. It is a blessing, you know, because I get to find the humanity. And, you know, I never would have had that before. Never. You know, because I know that for a fact, by the way. I really do know that. I know it deep in my heart because I'm still close with my family, and that's not what goes on over there. That's not what goes on over there. And, by the way, I love them. You know, I do. Um, so, you know, in my experience... Um, once I started to really rely on a higher power to lead me, it became so much easier to not um, have to control everything. I actually, the, the worst word for me right now is control. And look, I'm a control freak. And so I have to really get like, you know, like when I see it coming up, I have to go like, oh, right, here I am again. 30 years, by the way, it's still there. You know, it's still there. I'm still working through it. You know, this is, I believe, I'm not going anywhere. Like, I didn't, I'm not graduating. Um, you know, I don't come to as many meetings as I used to, but I still keep coming back because I need this kind of support. And I also think that we are so lucky because I am really aware of a lot of suffering that goes on. And 
this is available for everyone, but you actually have to walk in the door. You actually have to sit your butt down on a chair, and you have to listen, and you have to talk, and you have to, you know, you don't have to. But, you know, I believe that working a program, working the steps, talking to people, frankly, right now, because of the work that I do, I don't sponsor people right now, and I haven't for a long time because I can't, you know, and I had to be okay with that. I had to really come to terms with the idea that that's okay, and I, and I'm okay if people don't like that too. Like, that's the other thing. That's okay. You know, you don't have to agree with me. Like, I don't have to agree with you, and we're cool. Like, but the thing is, is that I found out what worked right for me. And I don't think I ever would have been able to do that had I not worked those steps. Because these days, when I make a decision, because decisions were always tough for me before I came to program. I could not make a decision to save my life. I like to get stuck in the research. I want to, like, find out everything about everything. And I still do that sometimes. Like, don't get me wrong. You know, buying a car is a whole situation for me. But, you know, like, I... I uh, find that for me, when I start to go down that path of being in the research, I realize at that moment, oh, wait a minute, maybe I need to get really quiet and I need to ask my higher power, what's right for me? Because I obviously am not the best authority here. And there's like this weird thing that happens for me since I've been coming to these rooms where, you know, I think... I mean, I'm, I'm going to make a, I'm going to take a leap here. I think everyone's kind of familiar with that voice that, like, wants to, like, you know, that tells you, you got to do something. you got to do it now. You know, that voice, that's not my higher power. The voice that's my higher power is actually really soft and gentle, and it comes from, like, deep, deep in my gut. It doesn't come from the fear, which is up here. It comes from really deep down, and it's very quiet, and it lets me know and the doubt goes away. It doesn't mean that all the fear goes away, but, but I know that I'm making the best decision I can make in that moment. Does it always work out? Nope. But that's the best I can do, and I just trust it, you know? And I never had that before coming here. And that's why I ate what I ate, and that's why I purged when I purged, because I just wanted to control what was going on inside of me. You know, it, it, there was, for me at that point, I really didn't know any other way. And so I also have a lot of compassion for that younger me because that girl did the very best she could. You know, she just didn't really know how to do any better. And that was it, you know. And so um, I had a, a really profound moment where I realized um, someone, I think it was a former, I don't remember who it was, it was a former sponsor, memories, my memory's going to always be, um, it was a former sponsor who said to me, um, could you get a picture of yourself when you were a kid, when all of this started? And I said, yes, of course, and I got a picture, um, and the thing about that was, looking at that picture of that little girl, <laughs> I mean... You know, you, I always thought, even when I was little, I always thought that I was so, like, smart and old and, like, had it together. A little girl is a little girl. She doesn't know anything. 
you know, and she's just doing the best she can. And I really, I mean, that made a huge difference for me. And I have that image in my head when I start to get really mad at myself, you know, because, like, had I known, even back then, that I did have a higher power, because I did, I just didn't know it. Had I known, I, I hope that, you know, I could have been gentler at that time, but I'm not getting that time back. So I have to move from here on out, but I'm not willing to be mad anymore. I just can't do it because it messes me up. And it also ends up like, you know, frankly, I don't have another diet in me. I just don't have it. And I've been through, you know, listen, I've been through menopause in this uh in these rooms and you know it changes you it does and it's hard and you know and your body changes and it's scary and i that's my experience and the truth is is that you know i'm just doing the best i can i'm just showing up you know i just i just keep moving forward and uh and i really do believe had i not had this you know it it it's not, I don't even want to think about where I would be today. It's not, it's not a good, <laughs> it wouldn't be good. Um, yeah, I'm glad you're all here. I know there's the birthday party this weekend, and I'm glad everyone showed up. Yeah. <laughs> and um, and uh, I, I guess that's all I really have to share. Um, so, yeah. Do I take questions? Okay. So the question is, do I follow a food plan? Um, I follow a very loose food plan. I would say that for me, if it gets too intense, it reminds me of a diet, and it becomes really painful for me. And what I've found is that, and I'm speaking just for me, for every diet, there is an equal binge in my, in my world. And I can't do it anymore. So sort of, I guess, is the answer. I really try, you know, to be mindful and um, gentle, you know, because I don't want, I, I, I don't want to be in that self-hating place again. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, 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 for sure. Mm. Well, so, yeah, so the question was, do I have, have I had times in my recovery that I've gained weight, and how did I handle it? Yeah, um, yes, and what I would say is, as, you know, and look, as a woman, I think that that's not very unusual, um, especially, you know, um, you know, I think that it's very normal for weight to fluctuate. And I and I've found that um, I don't want to be unhealthy. Oh, thank you. I don't want to be unhealthy, but I also don't. It's it becomes a. I don't think you know. I've I've done a lot of work around this, and I'm not convinced that you know. I I think the the mental health is just as important. And so yeah, are there times where I'm not satisfied with the way my body looks? Yes, for sure. But I cannot, I cannot go on that restrictive plan again. And I also, not because, not even so much because I, um, 
I don't think it's bad. And I think there are plenty of people who can follow a pretty precise food plan and be perfectly fine on it. I think it depends on your history. I just, you know, can only speak for myself in that it brings back a lot of painful memories for me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, that's a good question. Um, the question was, um, what was it like in my family growing up with my family? What was their eating like? And now. Um, so huh, I know you're going to be shocked to hear this, but my mother is an under eater. And my father is nuts about diets. And every, and there was a specific um, way of eating. And if there was an, you know, in growing up in my household, it was like if you had an extra piece of bread, it was all over. You know, you were just, and you get the dirty looks. And it was just disgusting. <laughs> it just was horrible. And interestingly, um, and my parents have always been very um, fit, you know, and interestingly, um, as uh, right now, my, my, with my father's memory declining, it, it, his food is all over the place, you know, and he, and it's just really kind of funny to watch because it's like he, he honestly can't remember if he's eaten something. So it's <laughs> whatever, you know, it's not really that serious. And it's kind of there is some humor here. I mean, like of all people. And um, I uh, I find that, um, you know, I had to set some pretty strict boundaries with them about what they could talk with me about and what they couldn't. And for the most part, they pretty much um, – Stuck with that, though, right now, my, with, all bets are off with my father. So, uh, The question is, do I meditate? Yes. <laughs> I actually um, follow a very specific type of meditation, which I'd be happy to talk about one-on-one. -on -one. But, um, yes, I find meditation to be um, absolutely key to my recovery, and um, I have to do it on a regular basis. It's, um, it's something that really um, very nicely, the way that the kind of meditation I do works very well with the 12 steps, and um, I find it um, uh, necessary, you know, and I, and I started that later on in my program, probably in the last, um, I would want to say around the last 12 years or so, and it's really changed um, uh, everything. Oh, um, the question is, do I do it in the morning? I I um I meditate mostly. Um, I do a walking meditation in the morning because I walk my dog, um, and it's very helpful, you know. And sometimes um, I need a, a, a later on meditation as well. <laughs> so it's like you know I allow myself to do it later in the day as well as needed. You know, and, and I also, during the day, a lot of times, I do a lot of grounding exercises. Mm -hmm. Cool. Mm -hmm.